0: Hello, good people. This is Russ McClinton from UrbanHam.com, your place online for the best in people to know, places to go, and things to do. Also, make sure you visit us at UrbanHam.com to get your latest in UrbanHam merch. And don't forget, you can get all the episodes of Intravenous 205 right here with Iva on UrbanHam.com. As I ask everyone, is there anything specific you want me to ask you? Nothing in
1: in specific. Let's have a conversation, brother. All
0: right. Is there anything specific you want me not to ask you?
1: Don't ask me about my love life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, then. (laughs) Um, As it relates to, uh, you just, that was a good assessment, in in my opinion, as far as national politics. But what are your thoughts on, The Alabama Democratic Party right now, man.
1: And, and man, I served on the Jefferson County um, Executive Committee with Mm -hmm. the Democratic Party. And um, I'm really disappointed. Let me tell you why, brother. Honestly, man, um, once African Americans became in control, we didn't do our best for inclusion this is my opinion. I'm Mm -hmm. not talking about the Jefferson County um, Democrats. I'm talking about statewide. Right. It became a power struggle and you know the power struggle.
0: You Mm -hmm. know the power
1: struggle that went on um, Mm -hmm. as it relates to Doug Jones winning the Senate seat. You know what happened with the state party. The sad thing is is that we have capable candidates who can reach across the aisle and get votes from the other party in independents. And Libertarians, the state party and the National Democratic Party is just not doing enough to support them in Alabama, in my humble opinion.
0: I got a question before I start reading your bio. Why do they call you Big Walt? Walt to... Oh, go ahead. What were you going to (laughs) say? It started in
1: in middle school. Okay. Um, I was always the big guy. Yeah. And they started calling me Big Walt, and it stuck. I had several other nicknames. Yeah. But Big Walt is the one that stuck. My mama named me Walt. My, my mom was trying to name me Tyrone, from my understanding.
0: Whoa, ty- Listen, Tyrone, <laughs> Tyrone, okay. And
1: my dad uh, stepped in and named me after the late Reverend Walter Woody.
0: Oh wow! He,
1: absolutely, who worked with my dad out at U.S. Steel. Man, my dad had a tremendous amount of respect for, him. and. I, people were calling me Big Walt so much, I don't think anybody in my family calls me Walter. Everybody calls me Big Walt. The only person who called me Walter are people I went to elementary school with and Mark Sullivan, the superintendent
0: of Birmingham City <laughs> Schools. <laughs> Walter Big Walt Wilson mm-hmm. serves on the Birmingham Board of Education, representing District 7. He's a 24-year employee of Birmingham Public Works, where he serves as a newly appointed public works supervisor. He's president of a community-based organization called Community First Birmingham, and also executive director of the nonprofit, the Southwest Alliance Association, both service community needs. Big Walt, tell me a joke. Okay, I got a joke for you too, brother. Now
1: I got to set this joke up. All it's right. not a knock knock joke. A knock-knock joke Good. <clears throat> um, this takes place in the 1930s, Elmore okay. County, Alabama. Right mid depression. Okay, things are tough. People are starving. Now that's not funny, but I want you to bear with me with the joke. All right. So a father and his son were walking along the pasture, mm-hmm. and they stumble on the preacher's land. They were hungry. So the father and son got the preacher's bull, and they slaughtered the bull. They cleaned the bull. They cooked the bull. They feasted. And they were so thankful, a couple of weeks later, they went to church. So the young boy was sitting there, belly full. The preacher was giving thanks, and church was shouting, and they were praising the Lord. And they were going around to different people in the audience, in the congregation, asking them to sing a song. Now, the young man didn't go to church often, so off the top of his head, he came up with a song. He said, me and my daddy killed the preacher's bull, ate them all up, and got a of full. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Preacher said, I love it. Before you know it, the whole congregation is singing. Me and my daddy killed the preacher's bull, ate them all up, and got out of full. Mm-hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And Dad looked over at the boy and said, you can sing it slow. You can sing it fast. When I get you home, I'm going to beat you up. (laughs) 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 Uh, I... my late sister, Bernadette Wilson, who died in 1999, told me that joke as a kid. And I forgot to tell you that it was supposed to be a secret that they told us. <laughs> right. About to about it. That's a childhood joke I remember from my late older
0: sister. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Why does a bride always cry at her wedding? Um, I, I, I just, you know, I think little girls are a program that they're going to This gonna is a joke.
1: Oh, that was a joke. Oh, I, I thought it was a serious question. Obviously.
0: So why does the bride always cry at her wedding? I, I don't know. Why? Cuz she never marries the best man. Well, done. <laughs> well, you started off well by telling us how you got your name. Mm-hmm. But tell us the rest. I wanna know. First of all, your matriculation. We know you love your ween on a drag, <laughs> and I wanna know what kind of upbringing. How were you? Were you paying strict? You know what? What was your upbringing like? My parents were tired. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Brother
1: Brother Ivan, I'm the 16th of 16 children of my father's. uh, The 14th of my mother's. I'm the baby of the Wilson clan. James and Merlene, sharecroppers from Elmore County, Alabama, who moved to Birmingham for a better life. Uh, My dad was blessed uh, to work at U.S. Steel for 30 years. And um, I'm the product of of laborers.
0: Um, I was just about to say, so that's where your uh, love of of organizing and, and, and the labor unions comes from.
1: Absolutely, man. Uh, as a child, my dad would take me to union meetings um, for the steel workers. Uh, I would go to their holiday drawings and the turkey giveaways. He, he included me in it. And being the youngest, I was blessed because I was able to get things that the other children wouldn't. All of them were in the house at the same time. Yeah. I was the last of the Mohegans. Yeah. So, so it wasn't as hard for me as it was for them. Now, not, before
0: you finish, huh? what's the eight, like, how, how old is your oldest? Well, it the meant.
1: oldest passed away uh, from COVID a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, she was 76 at her death. And, uh, so there's
0: parents. a 20-year gap? in 20.
1: With 20. Our- 20. Um, my my <laughs> man, um, I have a brother who lives in the same community as I do. He graduated high school and was in the Army, by the, so he's 20 years older than me. I grew up with my nieces and nephews.
0: Yeah, gotcha. I, I, have, gotcha. A, I have a
1: niece who's 12 years older than me.
0: Wow. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. now finish going with what you were saying about the—, the- uh, going to the meetings each day and yeah
1: and uh, became interested in it man um you know my dad always taught us about voting I have siblings who were foot soldiers who were arrested marching for for civil rights here in Birmingham. Uh, my late sister Evelyn lassie went to jail um military most of my brothers went to the military had military careers and, um, and the, the highest ranking officer in the family is my sister uh, Belinda who uh, retired as a captain.
0: In the U.S. Army,
1: yeah. So, man, just been blessed to have a good family structure. Even though I was a knucklehead, the love was there, and it was always somebody
0: praying for Walter. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. When I
1: didn't have sense enough to pray for myself.
0: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And now you said, um, in the community, did are you? Is that the same community you grew up? Brother, I live in the same
1: house I grew up in.
0: Wow. Um, My wife and I.
1: Purchased a home in the early 2000s, and uh, my parents uh, perished in the house that I live in. They didn't die in the house technically, but there was a house fire in Uh 2011, and um, my nephew went to sleep. He was drinking, tried to cook something, fell asleep, house caught on fire. We lost my mom that night. Oh, no. My nephew was also in the house because he was asleep, and... My dad stayed with us until my nephew was released from the hospital. He had the blessing of youth on his side and an anointing. But once my dad saw that my nephew was okay, he was never able to communicate with us. Um, my dad passed away. So that nephew um, was was just devastated by it. I and and what makes it difficult is that that was the grandson that did everything for them my mom wouldn't allow me to get her clothes from the laundry because she was old fashioned mm. as her son. I want your daddy to get my unmentionables. The right. Drive. Right. Like Wash and put them in a the dry. Right. My nephew bathes my mama. You understand right, what I'm saying? Right. So, right. So man, it was a difficult situation, but I keep him close. He's surrounded by love and yeah. uh, it was just a horrible accident. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I didn't mean to bring that up, brother. But no, you, no,
0: no, no. Because we
1: were talking about where I lived. And um coming from a large family, everybody has an opinion. So my siblings want their mom and dad a house built back. Mm-hmm. And then once they built it back, they didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. And so what ended up happening, my wife's mother got sick. We didn't have enough room in our little three bedroom house. So we ended up buying the home from gotcha. my siblings. And uh, we were able to move her mother in until she passed. And, you know, I'm a granddad in there, so grandbaby got to have a room of his own in some way. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: Now, what made you go from um, interest, if you will, to really diving into politics, organizing, and, and getting people elected and and even eventually running yourself. It was
1: people like you. And, and I'm not just saying that because I'm sitting her at the table with you. I saw people who had a genuine love and concern for community. Now, my late brother Sylvester Wilson is the person in our family that, that I felt should have been dealing with politics. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and he passed uh, leukemia okay. um, in 1999. And I talk a lot about my family. Please do. But um, Sylvester, man, was everything in our community to me. He's the one who kept me off the streets. Man, I was a terrible student. I had absolutely no interest in school whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And my brother gave me responsibility at 18, 19 years old of coaching.
0: Mm-hmm. We started off the
1: kids in the community that looked up to Big Walt. We played slow-pitch softball with Partners in Neighborhood Growth, a great mm-hmm. organization that Mr. Horn started years ago mm-hmm. to deter gang violence. And we got an affinity of love for it. And so... That's how I started dealing in the community. My mm-hmm. parents were always active in the Civic League uh, back in the 60s. That Civic League uh, purchased a bus so that the children and community could get back and forth to school because the school system wasn't providing buses at the time. Really? Yeah, man. And again, we have a family history of being, when I use the word foot soldier, not necessarily out in front, Brother Ivan, Yeah. but always working to make the community better. Yeah, and that's what was instilled in me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they weren't educated people. Again, my dad couldn't read or write. I think my mom made it like to the fifth grade in school yeah. because they had to go out and what they said in the fields and work. They were sharecroppers.
0: I think it's um, not by happenstance that um, I have a, a, a member of the Birmingham School Board on here right now the conversation right before you we were talking about the community and how things are and i was talking about how you know i had originally put my foot in my mouth by saying you know what we go through is our fault i didn't mean that what i'm saying is education is the freeing mechanism the 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 great equalizer and i think that until and unless we get serious about education until and unless we get serious about our schools until and unless our parents step up to the plate and be the type of parents that we had that that pushed education and 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 and, and how to uh, behave and whatnot. We're in a in a terrible vortex, and I just, you know, I would love your opinion on that because you you literally are speaking with data and research and being on the school board. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are we gonna do, bruh? What well, we can't
1: give up because we have a generation that's different than our own. Um, You do recall when they called, I'm older than you, Ivan. They called us Generation X. We were the generation of the unknown. We were following the baby boomers.
0: I'm Gen X.
1: I just wanted everybody to know I was older than (laughs) (laughs) you. So we followed those rules. Our parents taught us to say, no, ma'am. Yes, sir. But they explained that respect went a long way. Uh, We were taught the honor. Your mother and father, because your days on this earth will be longer. We were so. I, I, I want to be. I want to be not necessarily politically correct. I just want to be um, kind in, in sure. what I'm saying and the I way I say it. Oh, the, this generation don't have what we had mm-hmm. because the generation that followed our parents chose to do things different.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We started to emulate other cultures. We started to emulate other communities and mm-hmm. the way that we raise our children. Somewhere along the line that we were raised to love each other. Mm-hmm. We were raised to respect each other. When we were misbehaved as children, my mama could whoop the neighbor's butt. Mm-hmm. The neighbor could whoop my butt. My teacher spanked me mm-hmm. in the hand. Now the teacher or the principal spanked me at school for misbehaving, and the neighbor spanked me. Well, Big Jack was gonna give it to me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I feared the wrath of my father. Mm-hmm. Somewhere we started to be friends with our children.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We started to indulge. that was
0: us that did that bullshit.
1: <laughs> and we started to indulge in smoking weed with them. Mm-hmm. We started that was us. Some of the that was generation
0: X. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> some. <of them. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> and
1: we did it different yeah. and I just believe in the old ways It's better a rod, you spoil the child mm-hmm. these children come up knowing the law better than the parents do you mm-hmm. go to whoop a child they call the police on you mm-hmm. so I'm just one of those parents that they got to call the police on cause I'm gonna whoop that <laughs> and, and, and that's just it and right. um we tried to do things different, but the, the answer is we've got to get back to the old ways. We've got to take responsibility for our communities, not run away from them. And listen, I don't blame anybody for wanting better for their family, wanting better for their children. But those of us who choose to stay in these communities have to fight the good fight. And then when you have the crack epidemic of the men in the late 1980s, a lot of those moms went out of the window. Because a lot of those children that was born in the next generation were not just addicted to drugs, they were the result of the epidemic itself. Mm-hmm. So if the morals weren't taught to them, how can they teach what they
0: don't know? Um, I want to go, I want to back up just a little bit. When I met you, we were on
1: the campaign trail. I'm sure.
0: Yep. Well, no, when I met you, you were the um, constable. <laughs> I think. I think you met me before I was the
1: constable, brother. You just
0: <laughs> <know>. <laughs> right. Well, I'm trying to get it right. Yes, you were running. No, it was him. like it was. As a matter of fact, it might have been two election cycles later, and you ran for constable. <laughs> but anyway, that's where it started, right? From organizing
1: <laughs> right. to constable. From working on. From working on other people's campaign that I believed in, uh, volunteering your time because there are people who speak the lang- same language, they have the same values that you have, speak the same
0: language that you have. You get out there and you support them and you work for them. You, but you, here's, but here's my question though. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know, it's I'm, usually a big jump for people to go from organizing to actually putting their name on the ballot. And where and what I want you to s- explain is, like, where did, what part of life, where were you in life, what we thought, what made you say, you know what, at this point I, I, I can't put it on other folk, I'm finna run myself. So I,
1: I grew up, and, and I'm not avoiding the question, I, I'm just trying to set the foundation okay. so you understand my answer. I grew up in the Hillman, Hillman Estate community of Birmingham, which is exactly one block from what's called New Hill. A lot of my friends I went to school with stayed on New Hill. They chose to go into the illegal pharmaceutical trades at a very early age. At a very early age. My dad was going to beat my ass. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, Big Walt couldn't beat the dope man. Yeah. My dad would tell me, man, at 13, 14, 15 years old, he said, boy... I'm not coming to get you out of jail if you're out here trying to sell some drugs or you out here stealing. Mm-hmm. You can get a job and work. That was his, and the only person I knew was coming to get me was my dad. Right. That's the person I know had unconditional love for Walter mm-hmm. or Big Walter, Oh, that's the person. That's right. who loved Walt. So I knew I wasn't gonna be out there dealing in pharmaceuticals without a license.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So this is the environment we grew up in to where the mentality started to change, to where we were seeing women pregnant smoking crack, to where people were coming, breaking into our houses, stealing our lawnmowers, doing this because it was an epidemic. It was an illness that had plagued our community. I say that to say that at one point I wanted to make a difference in my community. It was always my vision that my brother, who introduced me to Jesse Jackson, who introduced me to Martin Luther King Jr., who made me learn the history of our people, who made me learn the history of self. Again, I always thought it would be him. And then this man named Charlie Williams (laughs) started talking about what a constable does, and I became interested because I thought I could be an example to the young people that I'm now mentoring and try to, as Sheriff Pettway would say, I was talking about bridging the gap Right. As the hatred from law enforcement had grew in our communities and the people around me was talking about how much they hate the police and, you know, at the time, NWA the police. Yeah. I was like, hey, somebody has to explain that the police works for you. Yeah. They're here to protect, to serve and protect you. Uh-huh. And I'm not just talking about the people who are doing illegal things. These are the people that was doing the right thing, Brother Ivan,
0: Right. Had a
1: hatred or a distrust. That's right. For law enforcement. Period. I mean, that, that, that was a different time. Absolutely. Yeah. So, again, man, I know people who are law enforcement, and they don't present this to me. I don't see them doing things illegal. They're out here trying to talk to brothers and get them to do the right thing and I was blessed to have those brothers around. Yeah. So I knew I wasn't going to be a Birmingham police officer. Yeah. So I ran for constable. Gotcha. And th- that's what inspired me to do it, man. Uh, because it is a law enforcement position, Yeah. although it's not funded by taxpayer dollars in Jefferson County know that the constable makes their money by acting as civil officers or officers of the court. They served um, um, civil unlawful papers. civil papers. Yeah. You're that's how they make their money in Jefferson County, which is probably the best setup of any other county in the state because a lot of those constables who, like in Mobile County, they're working, spending their own money to be law enforcement officers. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You so educated
0: shot, me on something right there. Hey, man,
1: shout out to those constables before me, uh, Eddie Sanders. Um, um What's my man's name? Oh, uh, boy, my mind went blank. But, but the, the constable that we looked up the uh, looked up to the most were the ones, man, those older guys who really made a difference in the community. They were yeah. out working in the community. Like Mr. Haynes. Mr. And- Simon Lavender. Sammy Lavender. Yeah, you dad. go. Yes, sir. Those are the, the men that I, the example I wanted to follow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, you, it went from organizing to constable. Mm-hmm. But then, what made you say, all right, I'm really going to put myself out there and run for uh, school board seat, which is way more cutthroat and and more contentious, if you will.
1: Absolutely, man. I think I ran for city council first, um, I'm going to tell you. That's Mir- right. Mir- Miriam Willispoon passed.
0: That's right. And, I remember. And
1: people in my community who I grew up under. Mm-hmm. I was like, you ought to put your name in the hat for that city council seat. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to run for city council. I talked to my dad, and he was like, why not? And he, this this is this is my favorite quote of my dad's <laughs> Nothing feels but a try. That's right. If you don't try, you can't feel it. The worst thing that can happen is that you lose. Threw my hat in there. Um, came in fourth place, if memory serves me correct. Um, that's the seat that. Um, Jay Roberson mm-hmm. won after Miriam Witherspoon died. And um, yeah, so that was my first attempt at a none, <clears throat> you know.
0: So let me get it right. You were talked into it. The, the community came forward and said, you know, we, we want you to. Absolutely. Now, what a refreshing idea! <laughs>
1: But, but, you know what, <laughs> J- just being honest with you, brother, I-, I remember when you ran for accounting commissioner. Mm-hmm. I-, I remember that. And I know how excited we was about you running because you were fresh-faced with fresh ideas. <laughs> and um, I remember Coach Plump. Uh, man, oh, boy, he was singing your praises. He loved some Nava Williams. <laughs> and it was about the work that you do yeah. and, and people respect it. Now, don't get me wrong, man, there were... You know, there's always that, that brother in the community that's going to keep it 100 with you. Yeah. And he said, Walt, let me tell you why they ain't supporting you. Well, you're car raggling. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he said something to me, man, that that stuck with me. He said, when it appear that you can't maintain your own business, your personal business, right, then the people can't trust you with their business. Right. And, and I thank him for that. Because that was an eye opener
0: for me. Absolutely, you understand what I'm saying. Absolutely. So you know. And the same applied to me. You know, Absolutely. I I feel like, um, and this is I am not running, but if I if 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 I were, it would be now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you, I wasn't. I wasn't ready. ready. I wasn't ready. You. I had great ideas. Mm-hmm. I had you know I was intelligent. But I wasn't ready, you know, especially not for something that uh, uh, important and 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 all of the things that were going on at, at the county. Brother, then.
1: that's a twenty-four hour, seven-day-a-week job. And yeah, you know, the Lord protect us from things.
0: Yeah, because brother, some things went on down there.
1: Yeah, I I I'd, I'd I'd
0: probably be in jail. I'm not gonna proclaim it for you. And, no, <laughs> I'm 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 just saying. I'm just saying that. Um. I know I know where the bodies are buried. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like I know what I'm talking about and and I tell people this all the time. a lot of the stuff that people were go ended up going to jail for that was just a way of doing business back in the day. You know what I'm saying? like we've been in this game a long time, and man, that was just that's just the way business was done, but um. Praise God! I didn't win that seat, and you know I think I did a, you know, a decent job of getting a lot of the right people uh, in those seats.
1: Man, I remember my brother neighbor doing a fish fry for you as a fundraiser, and we was over there eating fish. You know, with you. Yeah. And um, like I said, I remember man, that. That was right, right over the, by your house. That's right. Yeah. 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 They were doing a fish fry, and we were over there eating fish. You ain't
0: convinced, my-
1: man? You convinced my brother Paul. <laughs> You got some game, man.
0: You got some game. So um, now that you are on the school board, what what's missing right now? I, I, I you can't. Nobody can tell me that parenting um, isn't the key component, but. As a sitting school board member, man, you can't sit here, you know, and miss an opportunity to say, you know, this is what we need from you. This is what we need from the community. This is where our, where you should direct your prayers, money, attention, volunteerism, the whole nine yards.
1: I think that in our community, um, the community itself has become stagnant. Mm. Because back in the day, it really was the concept of it takes a village. Right. Because I just told you my parents weren't educated, but my next door neighbor could help my brother and sisters with their homework. Mm. The older siblings could help the younger ones with their homework. Mm-hmm. Today, it's become a me, myself, and mine mentality. Mm hmm. Let me tell you what I have to do and what I feel to do. I want to shout out um, Board Member District 6, Board Member um, Letitia Watkins for doing this. Mm -hmm. She's reached out to the churches in her district and got them involved with the children in the community. I've got to emulate what she's done because we have parents who just aren't capable, who are working long hours and unable And then we have those who are just not willing to help those children. But we have to be mindful that we have a moral obligation to help all of them. And I'm not speaking as a politician. I'm just being honest with you right now. It's imperative that we get our churches to open their doors and bring these kids in after school to help them with their homework. It's important that we have activities for them that keep them interested so that learning is fun so they're rewarded for hard work. We as a community have to step up and do more. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. Our parents have to do better. Our parents have to do better because I'm not gonna sit here and criticize mama because I think, you know, only God can judge people. But these parents know they're not. A lot of these parents are not doing right by their own. Some of it is addiction. Some of it is self medicating, and some of it is just the mentality that a lot of adults have, a lot of uh, young adults have. Some of it is mental illness that's not being addressed, Brother Ivan. And so, this school board has put measures in place so that these children can get counseling, so that these children's needs can be met. And it's to the blessing of the federal government and directly with Joe Biden being in office, because the previous administration didn't look out for local school boards, excuse me, and local municipalities the way that this administration have. So with that, our children truly have a chance to succeed. Also, the mayor that we have, you have an education mayor. You have a mayor who was a former president of the school board. He's seen it at his worst. He's probably looking at it at his best right now. And I'm I'm not bragging saying that Big Walt, got, Big Walt got on the school board and turned things around. I think you have a nine-member school board in Birmingham that actually gives a damn.
0: And a great uh, superintendent. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you why I cleared my throat. Uh-huh. I'm Dr. Sullivan's biggest supporter. Yeah.
1: I, I, I'm serious. I respect him. Yeah. Um, I think he's doing a heck of a job, man. Paul, oh, before he became superintendent, we had 20 schools on the failing list in mm-hmm. Birmingham. Now it's 13. We just dealt with the biggest pandemic in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. This man, under mm-hmm. his leadership, reduced the number from 20 to 13. There's work to be done. Yeah. Um, shout out to Dr. Melvin Love over at Oxmoor Elementary School in District 7. My man. We just had a pizza party last week for his kids, man, because we created what was called a District 7 Challenge that the kids who had the most improvement on their reading scores, you know,
0: there's a state test that the right, children Right, they reading. did get the, get the biggest jump.
1: Hey, they had the biggest jump, um, not just in District 7, but system-wide. Right. Hey, man, we went up there and partied with them. Now, I'm proud to say that my grandbaby, who's four years old, is in preschool, At Oxmoor Valley. So he got an opportunity to celebrate with his his schoolmates, and it also motivates them to win it again. But we want the same thing for West End Academy. We want the same thing for Arrington. We want the same thing for all of our schools, that our children are doing their very best. I'm dyslexic. I didn't know this until I was an adult. Like I told you, I was a terrible student. I found out I was diagnosed as dyslexic after I was an adult. Wow. So <clears throat> I'm not going to say the Birmingham school system failed me, but my parents didn't know anything about dyslexia. Right. They didn't know anything about it. was. A, I guess you just do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I joke about it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But how could they teach me what they didn't know? Right. Because they were uneducated. Siblings would oh, man, I'm hitting stuff. Yeah, I apologize, all man. And he told me, boy, don't talk with your hands. <laughs> <laughs> but, but siblings have went on with their own lives. Mm-hmm. You know, the oldest brother, Vietnam, and he was teaching in Texas with his own family to raise. You understand? I do. And I'm trying to avoid them because I want to run the streets and do like I want to. So right. I'm listening to your siblings. You know right. what I'm saying? So, again, man, we're so blessed to have the support of the federal government. We're so blessed to have nine members on the Birmingham School Board that cares. We are so blessed to have a superintendent who's not only from the system, who's a product of the system, he gives a damn. Yeah. He cares. Is he perfect? Of course not. I think he should grow some hair on the head. I get tired of looking at you, bald-headed brothers. <laughs> 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 but but uh, I think that. The pieces are coming together, and when you have the executive, um, the executive leadership of the city, genuinely supporting the board of education in our schools, then it's something that's rare in Birmingham. Look, I mean no disrespect to the mayors that served before this cat here. And I'm not a fan of everything he does because I'm an employee of the city of Birmingham. I, you'd be mad at him. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Because, I'm Like, man, this don't make sense.
0: Very few people know how angry I get with him like you do. <laughs> <laughs> people think I always agree with Randall. It's impossible. <laughs> God gave
1: all of us different minds. You, right. I don't agree with you on everything. right? But, brother, this brother did what Larry Lankford talked about before they incarcerated him. He created scholarships for Birmingham City School students, man, to go to college. You know how Long Larry Lankford talked about that? This man got it done. Yeah, yeah. This man is bringing people in to help tutor these kids. This man keeps creating funding to help the school because he understands because he was once on the school board. He was the leader of the school board. Same thing with I'm a Birmingham city councilman, my councilwoman in District 7, Wardine Alexander. They're committed to the education of our children. And I wear the hell out of Wardine. I call all the time, hey, what you think about this? Because it can't be about you and your ego. Right. It has to be what's best for those children. You're going to take criticism. People ain't going to always agree with you. But I sleep well at night because uh, at the end of the day, I'm going to do what I know in my heart is right. Hello, I am Dr. Brandi Bowling, your triple board certified pediatrician, adult psychiatrist, and child and adolescent psychiatrist. I am also an ADHD
0: expert, a mommy friend, a school liaison, author of the best selling book, Shine Understanding ADHD So Your Child Can Be a Star, and host of the Facebook live stream, Focus on It Friday. You can find me at Dr. Brandy B, that's D-R-B-R-A-N-D-I-B, on all social media platforms. Or you can call my office, which is 205-948-7129. It is my goal that all children and adults will be successful and that they will shine in the classroom and in life. I forgot to ask you about your social media. How can people find you? Like, where your where'd you hang out? I know you hang out on Facebook, but do yeah, you have um, uh, do. Instagram and all that? And,
1: and all of it is Big Walt Wilson. Um, Facebook is Big Walt Wilson. Uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Big Walt, Walt. I'm sorry, it's Walter. They wouldn't let me
0: use Walt. Yeah. <laughs> so it's Big Walter. But uh, it's Big Walt on uh, all of them. It's let Big me, um, do people ever contact you with with stuff on social media like, you know, they go at Randall. You know what I'm saying? It'd be whole long conversations with that. Do you do you ever in, engage in all of that on social media? or? In-
1: no. Let's, let's be mindful that Randall is the mayor of the city of Birmingham, and I'm a 24-year employee of uh-huh. Birmingham. Now, when they lie on them, if it's a reasonable person, I try to tell them the truth. Yeah, they lie on me every day. Yeah, um, when it comes to that, just criticizing and criticize I stay out of it. Yeah. Now, when it comes to him, man, oh man, let me tell you. One day, I, I was working night shift a few months ago, mm-hmm. and every morning I turned the radio on a local talk radio show. Okay. There, there's callers that I enjoy, plus I respect the owner of the station. You know, I used to be on the station. We won't even call what it is. Okay. And I'm hearing people saying I'm so disappointed in Big Woke. <laughs> <laughs> what had you done? So, brother, I'm trying, like, okay, so now I'm getting text messages. Uh, brother Harvey, Henley, hey, you may need to call into the radio station and explain, you know, because at first I was trying to answer via text message, but I'm one of those brothers, you know, I can do it better by conversing versus uh-huh. typing.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And um, I left work. I went up to the radio station, and they said we were trying to fire Superintendent Sullivan. Because he was getting his annual appraisal, his performance
0: appraisal. Perform, yeah.
1: Now I get one of these every year <coughs> myself. It right. determines whether I get my um, what's called a merit rate. Mm-hmm. Um, or do you get an extension on your contract. Mm-hmm. So this is something that's, you know, something that is standard. To be done. It's, it's typical. Standard. Yeah. So I go up to the radio station, people I've known for years whom I respect, who I've always defended, who. And I had to know, now, tell me what I did. Yeah. Y'all trying to, my phone number is 205-396-4647. It's been the same number for the last 15, 16 years. I don't change um servers or, or service providers when it's time. time to pay the bill. <laughs> I pay my bill every month. It hasn't changed. So, one, it was a lie. It was a bogus lie. And nothing irritates, and I want to say pisses me off, mm-hmm. more than a person line to manipulate people to be leeches and parasites when it comes to our children. Don't yeah. use me or don't use our children as a way for you to make money. See, in other school systems outside of our communities, mm-hmm. these parents volunteer their time the communities and the businesses in the communities donate to the school system. Mm -hmm. There are truly partnerships in those school systems. Seems to me that the vast majority of the so-called people who care want to be contractors for the school system. Mm -hmm. They're looking for what they can put in their pockets. We're letting selfishness and greed dictate our actions when it comes to our children. So, hey man, I'm a brother who was raised off of chitlin and coleslaw. Um, I eat poking beans with winnies in them. (laughs) Big Walt ain't never been hungry, so I'm saying that to say Big Walt ain't never been greedy. So I don't understand the greed that goes on from within people who are supposed to be spokespersons or catalysts. Or, or you know, supposed to be fighting a good fight for our people to purposely put out lies and misinformation, especially when it comes to children and our elderly. So it was a case of that. And so I had to go up there and straighten it out. Yeah. Don't lie on me. Yeah. Because there's too many people that believe in me. Yeah. The reason I'm on the school board is because pastors in the community said, Big Walt, you care about them children. We don't need an educator. We need somebody with values, common sense, and a heart and a love for these children to run.
0: Absolutely.
1: A few educators, were name I won't call, but they said the same thing—or well, not quite the same thing. I think it was more like, "I'm tired of this." Boop, boop, boop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, brother, we 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 had some—you um, know—we had some turbulence going on over the past few decades with our school system. And I'm just proud to be a part of this board of education of people who care. Yeah. And the one thing that we've been able to do under the leadership of uh, Brother Jason Meadows is disagree without being disagreeable. Mm. Because we disagree on one thing. I that like that, brother. We, we can't disagree on everything. Yeah. And not
0: be working in the best interest of our children. Yeah. Yeah. And for you all to have, because, you know, before he was elected, I never met him. And, um, you know, I I liked him. And then for you all to elect him in a leadership position, you know, that says something about him. And I'm looking forward to getting him um, here on the show. Um, But right now, you're going to tell us what your favorite um, nonprofit is.
1: Man, my, my favorite nonprofit is the Southwest Alliance Association. Uh, again, it's the organization that I'm executive director of. It was started by myself and my brother-in-law, James Whiteley, who now lives in Florida. We started it, man, to try to make a difference in our community with our young people. We created youth programs. Um, we brought Little League football to our community. It was how, He was the catalyst for it. Um, Major, I mean, uh, just major for us because what ended up happening once we started those kids to competing in a little league level, mm-hmm. they were prepared when they got to middle school, mm-hmm. and when they got to middle school, mm-hmm. they were prepared when they got to high school. Mm-hmm. And Coach Wando Cheatham, the late, a uh, great coach at Winona High School, had some of his best players over the last decade. That state championship team were kids that played in that little league program that we created. So we've done a lot of great work with the organization every year. We take an annual trip. We call it the Fantastic Voice through history because history is not being taught in school the way it was taught when we were in it. And I apologize for hitting this mic. Man. It's all right. It's I, all right. I, I get excited when I start talking about our young people. But, man, we take them every year um, to a historic place in, in Alabama and we let them know what our ancestors not only endured, but what they overcame in order to give them an opportunity at the American dream. This year we went to Selma. They watched a documentary on Emmett Till. A lot of them had never heard of Emmett Till. He that something. We taught them about Emmett Till um, every year, man. We get the who's who of Birmingham and Jefferson County to be mentors on these buses from D.A. Ladies, Washington. D.A. Danny Carr, Sheriff Pitway always helps. And we beg everybody for money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because we always asking you. Yeah. And, man, the Sheriff Department and Birmingham Police Department provide escort to these kids, man, to these different places. And just the reaction of the people in those towns that we come to as if to say, who are these kids? Who are these? Yeah. It's three buses, elementary, middle school, and high school kids. Who are they that they got a police escort? Man, um, we walked across the Edmund Pettus Bridge. The civil police department shut it down for us. Those kids got to reenact and walk through the history and the struggle that our people and so many others outside of the black community help us to achieve civil rights, help us to achieve voting rights. We went to the Voting Rights Museum. My prayers that we're able to take them to Tuskegee because I want them to know the syphilis experiments. I want them to know uh, about the Tuskegee Airmen. I want them to know about Booker T. Washington and George Washington Carver because it's not being taught. You must know where you come from. You've got to know your history because if you don't,
0: you're doomed to repeat it. Man, um... It's a whole bunch of people out here pimping. <laughs> Period. <laughs> they, put, they, they, they putting money in their pockets. Man, I have never seen you all undertake something that you didn't have to end up going in your own pocket to pay for.
1: But the blessing is, is that I'm able
0: to do it. it but starts- the blessing, no. The blessing is that you, my beautiful black brother, is willing to do it. When so many black men are not doing what we supposed to be doing out here, bruh. You, you, I want people to know when they make donations to your organizations, to your causes, I've been there, I see, I watch you all work with these kids. And I'll, I'll, I'll talk all the time about throwing, some stuff is throwing money away. <laughs> Nah, not not with Southwest. I just you guys. If you if you change if you change one or two, it it was it was worth it with y'all. Absolutely, it was worth.
1: It. Well, well, I, I appreciate it, man. Nothing's perfect. Um, you know, people come around because they see the success of what you're doing. I want them to be there for the right reasons because at the end of the day, it's not about anybody gaining clout. It's not about anybody getting recognition with us, man. And the blessing, man, uh, the people that are involved with us are childhood friends of mine. Yeah. Brother Abdul and brother, he called himself Donald Pitway. But Mm -hmm. Mark Shaw, man. man, Mark grew up two houses away from me and Abdul stayed across the street. And we're all in the same community, man, loving the community that we grew up in. And that in itself is a blessing. How many people can say that they do the things that we do with the same kids? They played in the same <laughs> right. way when they were kids. We played football in the street. We shot basketball in the old tire rim. Those are the same cats I grew up with. Yeah. So we all have a love for a community man, and um, it, it's just a blessing. It gives us joy. It gives us joy, man. I can tell. It gives us joy, and then we we realized we had to start recognizing the movers and the shakers. The people that unselfishly give of themselves every single day. And it's not about clout or status. It's about the work that's being done. Yeah. So we created a Soul Food Sunday event for the women. We said, so we've got to recognize the women in our community that's going above and beyond. And so we created that about six years ago. And Then we came back and said, hey, brothers are doing the same thing. So we start recognizing brothers in the community, man. We gave the brothers Hero Awards. Because if I can't compliment you and recognize you for what you do, then something ain't right with me. So I salute the heroes, man. Uh, This year, I was a recipient of the Hero Award by Community First Birmingham, along with Superintendent Mark Sullivan, uh, the mayor of Birmingham, our education mayor. And we've got to keep saying that. We've got to keep calling the Because, guys, I remember when Richard Arrington was mayor.
0: Yeah.
1: I remember when Mayor Arrington was elected in 1979. Yeah. His needlesome task was trying to save this city from white flight. 20 years he served, trying to, quote, unquote, save the city. He tried to be like Maynard Jackson in in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. but the Mm -hmm. feds Mm -hmm. wouldn't let him. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I remember them having Dr. Arrington down there. The, the Today Show coming on with Doctor. Arrington with a broom in his hand, sweeping at Maxwell Air Force Base, as if to say, "I don't care how powerful you are, you steal an N word." Mm-hmm. I remember that, brother. I remember the hurt in my parents seeing it. They they were terrified for him because they had witnessed the murder of Doctor. King. Mm-hmm. They had witnessed the murder, not witnessed it, but you understand what, what know, I'm saying. The maker ever lived through it right? and, and, and saw the killing of John F. Kennedy. They were terrified for him. So after that, it seems like Dr. Arrington became a politician Mm. instead of the advocate Mm. that he was for black folk. Mm -hmm. No knock on Dr. Arrington. Right. Because he's a great man. Right. After him with Bernard Kincaid, hey, Dr. Kincaid served without a smitten of a smitten of impropriety. <laughs> and a male hat. <laughs> <laughs> love, love Mayor Kincaid. Yes, sir. Brilliant brother. Don't misunderstand what yes, I'm saying. Sir. The Honorable William Bell, senior. Hey, he, he found the bell plan from the waterworks. A lot of people talk about he sold the waterworks, but that's how that beautiful school got out there at Carver. Yeah. from the proceeds from it well, on the High School was also a part of the proceeds but it was Larry Paul Lankford and a woman by the name of Sheila Smoot regardless of what you think of them personally regardless of what the feds or anybody else said they did the one thing they did along with Mary Bucklew they the one cent the sales one cent tax, baby. tax and man the schools we have in the city of Birmingham can compete with schools anywhere yeah The buildings. So you got to give them credit. But that was the brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. That was the brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. This brother is addressing what's going on inside the school building. And so you got to give him credit for it. Hey, I ain't on his job don't miss, <laughs> but it don't, just don't misunderstand me again no. I'm a public works employee a couple of things I need to say to him in private when it comes to public works just, yeah. just a vending
0: employee yeah because I'm gonna do what they say yeah
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well what um we gonna do is if you don't answer one of these questions you got to make an additional donation to your charity but okay they're easy. Regions Park or Rick, Rickwood Field. Uh, give me Rickwood. Botanical See? Gardens or Railroad Park? Botanical Gardens. Protective Stadium or Legacy Arena? Legion Field. Oh, you said Legacy. <laughs> um, I have to go with um
1: with the football field, UAB football field. All right.
0: Crossplex or Legion Field? See, you did that. Long, long. <laughs> because the cross pricks is beautiful, man. Yeah. beautiful.
1: But I'm also one who appreciates the history and the legacy of Legion Field, man. Yeah. As a kid, I remember riding by Legion Field during Alabama games. Mr. Rodlin Rutledge, my former Mr. Roger Rutledge my former English teacher having me out at Alabama games selling peanuts and popcorn. Oh yeah. Hustling, making money, man. Yeah. You know. I remember, you know, friends parking, you know, cars in their yards over by Legion Field. I remember the Goodyear blimp riding over Birmingham yeah. to cover Alabama games, especially in the Iron Bowl. So man, I understand and respect the rich tradition of Legion Field. I yeah. love Legion Field,
0: man. Yeah. I also love the cross play. <laughs> <laughs> the house that Larry built. The house that Larry built. So which one are you going with?
1: <laughs> man, I got that. It's a draw. That donation
0: sounds good to me. <laughs> Birmingham Zoo or McWayne Science Center. Uh, both of
1: them are, are marvels, man. Uh, the McWayne Center changed the game, uh, especially for the young people in our city. But I'm going to stick with the zoo. I'm just old
0: fashioned. <laughs> Slaw's Furnace or Vulcan Park?
1: Vulcan. Had so many great times with my family. We would be broke. so we go visit Vulcan, man, um, and end up picnicking out there. Make some ham and cheese sandwiches with some tater chips. (laughs) Some some tater chips. Hey, (laughs) man, we we go to Vulcan and have a ball.
0: I love it. Civil Rights Institute or Negro League Museum? Uh, That's a
1: tough one. Um, But I'm going to go along with the Civil Rights Institute, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Birmingham. Is probably the most important movement of the 20th century when it comes to black folk. And although the entertainment of baseball and the Negroes playing, I know the joy that it brought to our communities, but if you had to get rid of one, I'll choose
0: the Civil Rights Museum stand every time. I get it. Birmingham Barons or Birmingham Squadron? I used to love baseball, hmm. but I'm going to go with the squadron. Okay. Yeah. Birmingham Legion or Birmingham Stallions? As a kid, Cliff Stout, Joe Cribbs, Joey Jones.
1: Hey, man, I'm a uh, 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 Jimmy Smith. Man, I was a Stallions fan. So yeah. I, hey, man, we won a championship. I got to have them
0: Stallions. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, Big Ear Tupac. Chuck D public enemy. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I take that. What's coming down the pipeline, man? What's what what's what's next for you? Uh, for me personally or the next event that the we The next going? event.
1: Thank you, brother. Um look, we're going to take a rest on Thanksgiving because I get to eat chitlins
0: <laughs> once a year.
1: Shout out to my nephew for going to Mississippi. To find me the Chitlin brand that I want.
0: Um, What's the Chitlin brand you like? Ain't Bessies. Ain't Bessies. Ain't
1: Bessies. When, when we were little, my mom used to get them Wilson's Chitlins because it had the same last name we had. Uh
0: huh. And boy, they were
1: working trying to clean them things. You, know? <laughs> you had to clean them four or five times before they were even ready to go into the water to soak. I didn't, I didn't say go in the pot, were, but um. Your, your producer's over here frowning up at me. <laughs> it, it, hey, man, it, it was just a part of, of the family tradition, yeah. Thanksgiving, man. So I'm looking for to eating them once a year, Yeah. and that's at Thanksgiving. So I'm looking forward to eating me some chitlins for the holidays. Shout out, nephew. You know who you are. <laughs> but um, next, man, um, we're going to have a joint community effort between Community First, Southwest Alliance Association, Project Hopewell. We're going to do our annual winter festival. Our parade is going to start at 2 o'clock. We're lining up at 1 at Hopewell Baptist Church 4817 Jefferson Avenue Southwest. We're going to have the Winona High School Band. <clears throat> we're going to have the community members of the church. We're going to celebrate the holidays with a motorcade and parade down Jefferson Avenue. Um, Gonna Come up 40th Street. We're going to come back down Park Avenue. We're going to celebrate and give thanks to God for allowing us to be here and bring joy to the children of our community. Birmingham Councilwoman Wardine Alexander, and I can't say enough about her because she's been more than a little big sister and a mentor, but she's been Big Walt's well, biggest advocate as far as the community work. Amen. We're going to give away 250 turkeys for Christmas. Uh, we are now taking donations for toys. Every year we give at least we give away at least 10 bicycles. We're taking donations. Uh, we're gonna give away bikes. Every child that comes will leave with something. So that's our way of spreading a little joy for the holidays, man. Making sure that we put a smile on these children's faces. And Pastor Rogers of Hopewell will always make sure that we give great care packages because the children are out of school for extended amount of time for the Christmas holidays so we make sure they got plenty of sugary sne- sweets and
0: snacks <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> to to help them enjoy it just a little more because it's always a joyful time of year, or it should be. And we've got to remember, it's not necessarily about the less fortunate. Sometimes it's about somebody actually just caring enough to say, here you go, this is my blessing to you.
0: Most of my friends most of my closest friends um and there it ain't many I've known for 40-50 years but I have found a brotherhood with Danny Carr Jude Washington um We were just talking, um, Abdul Abdul and um, Big Walt. And I just want to say to you and to the rest of the fellas how, just how much I've leaned on you all, how much I've loved having black men as friends and brothers. It's something to be said about, I forgot the scripture, but iron sharpens iron. And you guys have meant, you, my friendship with you all has just truly meant the world to me. And I thank you. I thank you for joining us. I thank you all for listening. And as always, a huge shout out to Creed 63, our 360 news and urbanham.com. God bless.
1: Hi, I'm Danielle Hines, the owner and founder of Creed 63. Creed 63 is located in the Arthur Shores Law Center in the Birmingham Civil Rights District. Creed 63 does four things for small businesses and entrepreneurs. We have a podcast studio, co-working space, virtual offices, and private offices. Stop by anytime you are in the Civil Rights District to see how Creed 63 can help you grow and expand your small business. You can find us at creed63.com.